0: Before I start this morning, I want to say there will never be another Pastor Marty McDonald. Amen. You can dress like him. You can walk like him. You can talk like him. But there will never be another you. You have preached all over the world. Your voice echoes in the hearts of humanity. And it will never be realized on this side of heaven it will be realized at heaven's door. I was a little boy, and I was at the YWCA, and I used to set up the chairs and do the sound, and my dad preached a message, and I just want to use one of them as a reference point. He preached the message, bounce back. How many of you remember that? Wave at me. Yeah, Mr. Booty. Somebody told me after the first service, they said, your dad threw the ball at Jim Booty while he was preaching it. Amen. And the message, what's that? Yeah, he's too far back. Uh, The message was bounced back, and I was reminded this morning, the scripture that he used, a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. And those messages echo in my heart, and they echo in the hearts of humanity. And I want you to know, I'm so, so thankful for my dad and for my mom. And let me say this, there are many people who stand on the outside and they try to bring some type of evaluation to our relationship and they settle it in a dysfunctional way because we're human, aren't we? But I want to say this this morning. God has allowed us to be of one heart, to be of one vision, with the sole purpose to glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. God has brought... God has brought cohesiveness that is beyond human reconciliation. We laugh together. We've cried together. We've picked on each other together. Amen. And we've ate together. And I'm grateful for my dad and for my mom. Can you give them a big God bless you this morning? And I also want to add that many people have asked me my thoughts and feelings about the installation service next month. And let me just say this, we have led together. And my dad, if you ask him, we lead together. We've, uh, the kind of the stages of leadership have have developed and they've uh, changed over time from the Y, from our house, all types of season, but we've always done it together. And I want you to know we're a team and we're gonna continue in that spirit. Not only my dad and I, but Pastor Aaron, who sits on the front row, and also Pastor Chuck Wood, who sits in the back. Amen. All right. Let's go to work together. Acts 16, 16. You're very familiar with this passage of Scripture, and I want to move along and read it to you. And the Scripture says this, Once we were going to the place of prayer... And we, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul, hear this, and the rest of us shouting, these men are service, servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for days, and finally Paul got annoyed, and he turned around and said to her, and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the market to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are, men are Jews and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept their practice. The crowd joined In the attack against Paul and Silas, the magistrates ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods, and after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in an inner cell and fastened their feet with stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns unto God. I love this. The other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and all at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in the midst of it, Don't harm yourself we're all here. And this morning, by God's grace, I want to minister a word, and I want you to remember this after we come to a conclusion this morning. These simple words, we're all here. We're, We're all here. We haven't left. We're all here in this place. And the book of Acts is God himself working through the apostles. And oftentimes you hear the book of Acts be referred to as Uh, the acts of the apostles and the more I journey with with Christ and the more I'm I become a disciple of Jesus Christ I I come to realize that oftentimes it's not my actions it's not maybe not the apostles actions but it's God's actions that work through people it's the Holy Spirit that allows us and and gives us the grace for one more day. And gives us the grace that we need to journey the road that he's called us to journey through. And he moves when, when we do. And when we allow him as, to be a part of our lives, he becomes our directing force. And in this portion of scripture, the apostles are in sharp disagreement. If you know the scripture, I read a small portion of it Thursday night, and I spoke on reconciliation. I spoke on the the healing power that that the Holy Spirit brings to His people. And in this portion of scripture, you got some church folk, you got some church leaders. They're fighting. They're arguing. They're bickering. And And God continues to work in the midst of extreme disagreement. He continues to work in His ministry. He continues to work in His people. And in the midst of extreme disagreement and and God continues in progress. And, and God is thriving in the midst of chaos. You have the sovereign will of God in the Old Testament. We see the incarnation in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and, and in, in this portion of Scripture, we see the Lord in the form of the Holy Spirit in His church. And He begins to move again the way He's pleased. And there may be naysayers, and there may be haters, and there may may be disagreements, but God in the midst of it stands at the doorway of our hearts. He stands at the doorway of His church. He stands at the, the edge of the sea, and He commands the will of the Father in heaven to be so here on earth. It is our job to trust Him in the middle. It's our job, my first thought this morning. we got to trust them in the middle. When the church started, you've seen gossip now in the book of Acts. You see disagreement in the book of Acts. But let me tell you, when this church started, there was some gossip going on. There was some disagreement going on. People think that... That it, it it just happens here and there. And then now, let me tell you, 25 years ago, as a young man, I heard of the gossip. I watched the gossip, I saw the disagreement as God was moving in a mighty way. If you're not spiritually discerning what's happening, you'd almost think, oh man, I gotta back off of this thing. I've got to quit. And the the apostles might think the same in, in this scripture. They might feel like, man, I've got so much resistance. I got so much pressure. I've got so much weight. Maybe I should quit. But the apostles knew better. Paul, Paul knew better. Barnabas knew better. They continued to trust God in the middle of extreme disagreement. And I've watched my dad for many, many years. Trust him in the middle. Trust him in the middle of extreme difficulty. And sometimes we give way too much attention to disagreement. We give way too much attention to our haters. We give way too much attention to our feelings. And God, all along the way, He is calling us to greater. He's calling us to the best that is yet to come. And He's showing us this in the Gospel here. We must trust Him and stop worrying and and believing that the enemy has some control over us. The enemy has no control over the life of the Christian. God is controlling your life by the sovereign will of the Holy Spirit. And we've got to get smarter and just begin to praise God in the middle of difficulty. We've got to get smarter and trust Him. Instead of complaining, begin to trust Him in the middle. And Paul journeyed His journey is difficult. We read these stories like they're little short stories of of happenings throughout the book of Acts. Do you understand today? This is no short story. This is the life of the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament. And the struggle that he faces is nothing like any struggle that we face today. Nothing like it. What you're complaining about, you're not facing anything like the apostle Paul did. I'm sorry. Neither am I. We're not facing anything like it. Paul's journey is difficult. He's facing problem after problem. And it, it it isn't an easy time. And he walks into the city and begins to minister the gospel. And this woman follows him for days. And, and the spirit she carries is grieving the spirit of the apostle. I want you to catch that. Make sure that you're never grieving. You're adding to a grieving spirit that was created to throw you off course. Paul doesn't engage in this, in this spirit, this grieving spirit that he has. The Bible says that he rebukes the spirit. In spite of this demonic attack, Paul realizes that God has allowed this attack to come. Paul realizes and knows that this he's not reacting to a woman. He is in the sovereign will of the Holy Spirit. And I know that this doctrine is hard for people, but it's the truth of the gospel. This woman was sent to Paul not to hurt him. She was sent to help him, and she didn't even know it. There's people that have come to attack you, and I've watched it over the years. The people that came to attack them and came to attack my parents and talked the worst about my parents, it actually was for the furtherance of the gospel. So when you hear people talking nonsense and gossip and they attack you and they're they're cruel to you, you need to pause and go, this must be a miracle that God is sending my way. God used a demoniac woman to show the city Paul is the real deal. And, and God gave Paul a platform, not because he made it easy. God gave Paul a platform because he sent some demoniac woman... And God used it for His benefit. I could say nothing else here today. I could preach no further today. And I preach plenty to tell you, whatever you're facing, whatever attacks been sent your way, whatever argument you've had, God is going to use it for His benefit. He's going to use it as a platform to further His kingdom. I could say nothing else. We've got to trust Him in the middle. And after she followed Him for many days, Paul turned around and rebuked the Spirit. Now I want to pause here. He didn't run from the Spirit. He didn't get mad at the the Spirit. He didn't put Facebook posts up about the Spirit. He didn't write letters about the Spirit. He rebuked the Spirit, and kept right doing what the Father called him to do. He didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm done with that church. I'm done with that group of people. I'm not ministering to them anymore. I don't want anything to do with them anymore. No, he stood up flat-footed in the midst of demonic activity and looked that thing down the eyes. And he said, you will not have any uh, stronghold over me. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. And God began to use it for his benefit. I know I'm preaching to something this morning in this place. He begins to preach and he begins to trust God in the middle. If you belong to God, every step is ordered of the Lord. You read the scripture. Everything that's happening right now, God's got you on His course. You're not on your course, you're on His course. Being frustrated, being aggravated, being mad, being vengeful is not the answer. The answer is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And Dad, you've trusted. You've had people talk about you, ridicule you, and we want to say thank you for trusting in the middle. And realizing that God has a divine strategy. Now, I want you to pause with me for a minute, and I'm not gonna be long this morning. I want you to pause with me and remember something. Silas isn't even supposed to be with Paul. When we read this, we think, oh, yeah, he was, you know, he's supposed to be with him. No, this trip is built for Paul and John Mark. John Mark was handpicked by Barnabas to travel with Paul, but Silas is the backup because Paul rejects John Mark. Paul didn't like something about what was happening with John Mark. And I don't have to, I don't need to go down that road this morning, but Paul makes a tough decision, and it's written in the gospel. It's written in the scripture so you can read it and I can read it and we can know that sometimes you got to make tough decisions that don't please everybody in the midst. My second thought this morning is sometimes you got to make some tough decisions. Sometimes you have to leave a John Mark and continue on the journey because not everybody can go to the next level with you. Not everybody that starts with you is going to finish with you, but God has a Silas stored up in heaven for you that's just about to walk on the scene. Sometimes you hear from God and you walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and it's not popular God has a Silas waiting for you to walk through your prison experience with you. Let me say it like my dad told us when we were kids. You can't be a whiner, Ryan. You can't be a baby. You can't be a bellyacher, Ryan. Sometimes you gotta grind it out. Sometimes you gotta continue in the midst of extreme pressure and derogatory comments and rudeness and nastiness in a spirit, a demoniac spirit that comes up against you. I'll share a story with you. I was 14 years old. I was standing right here, about ready to lead worship, and there was a man twice my age walked up to this pulpit, and any word you can think of, he ripped me up one side and down the other. My dad was standing about 10 feet away and heard what was transpiring and amen the farmer almost came out of him and he was mad as a hornet and he had a choice in that moment he had a choice to make he walks down to the altar and he said ryan you got to continue on god's got something so great this morning Don't let it steal what's about to happen. And Those are his exact words. Don't let the enemy steal what's about to happen in the next moment. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit fell on this place. Every hair on every arm in this place was standing on straight end. See, oftentimes, it's a a test of our faith. Things get tough, and it's a test of our faith. Will we continue, or will we run for the hills? And in moments like that, we need people that advise us correctly. You can't take everybody along with you. He had to be strong enough not to have the support of his peers to be in the will of God. Sometimes you have to disconnect from people. Sometimes marriages fail because one spouse or the other won't disconnect from people. Sometimes churches fail because they won't disconnect from people. Sometimes businesses fail because they won't disconnect from the wrong people. Sometimes you gotta move on. You gotta stay in the sovereign will of God. The, the way you know you got the right people is they don't run off when t- tough times come. That's how you know you got the right people. I had, I had people during COVID knocking on the door. You, you can't come in. Oh, just let me in on the down low. I got an offering check for you. Okay, <laughs> I'll unlock the door. Knocked on, knocked on the door again. There, there's no one here to preach for. That's okay. I just want to be here with you. Knocked on the door again. We're really not supposed to get together. Well, let me let me come in and play the bass for you. If we get sick, we'll get sick together. We'll have a COVID party together. Knocked on the door. Knocked on the door again. I'm sorry. There's no pay right now. There's not enough money to pay people. It's not about the money. It's about the ministry. Let me in. You know what's that? Yeah, and they brought the donuts, praise God. <laughs> and we ate them during COVID, let me tell you. You know you got the right people when tough time comes and they don't disappear. Pastor Aaron, Ben Martin, the whole time through the toughest season the church ever went to, they were just here. Nobody got paid. Nobody, there was no, oh, I might have pat him on the butt, been on the butt or something, but that was about it. Chuck and Cheryl, you know you got the right people when tough time comes and the tough get going. When difficulty comes, we must endure. Most people think it's a stage and the lights and the glamour and a suit jacket has nothing to do with that. It's enduring during tough times. My third point, Paul endured sowing and suffering. It's not easy to do what pa, uh, Paul did. It's not easy to do what Pastor Marty has done. It's not easy to, to endure the sowing and the suffering. And you don't get to be Pastor Marty until you sow and you suffer. The wounds allow you to continue during extreme opposition. We were, My parents were associate pastors at a church. They suffered. My parents moved to I know I just say anything up here huh My parents moved to Seattle suffered They came back and started a church and suffered They sowed and they suffered in silence And nobody knew about it. Remember when we used to load the sound equipment from the Y into the wheelchair bus? We used to ride the wheelchair lift up and down and store all the sound equipment in there in zero degree weather, bring it in and bring it out. There's a season of suffering that you must endure to see the greatest that God has in front of you. What God has planned for you, you must endure seasons of sowing and suffering. And Paul suffered. He suffered the whipping. When the scripture describes the flogging, they describe the beating with rods. It lends itself, and then it says in another place afterwards that the jailer helped clean their wounds. They were whipped beyond recognition. They were beaten beyond recognition, and they get in there, and instead of belly aching and complaining and being mad and angry, they begin to sing songs and hymns unto the Lord. Wouldn't that be amazing if every time we come up against something difficult, we just begin to sing, praise the Lord, hallelujah, great is thy faithfulness. Every time we face something, and this is what these men are doing. There's no appreciation. There's no thankfulness for anointing. There's no gratitude for a gift. There's no glory for what they've endured. There's no lights. There's no cameras. They are enduring personal suffering and then on top of that, they're thrown into a jail cell, stocked at their feet, and said, enjoy yourself. The jailer when they begin to sing and they begin to praise the Lord and begin to give glory to God for who He was, not what was happening, begin to praise the Lord. Thank You, Lord, that Your goodness endures forever and a day. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. They begin to praise. The jail walls begin to shake. This isn't just some happy story. This is the reality that you can live if you decide to give God praise in difficulty and in hardship. They begin to praise the Lord. They begin to honor the Lord in the praise. And the, 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 the jail cell came open and the walls begin to shake and the shackles came off their feet and the jailer becomes aware of it. And he says, I'm going to kill myself. Because all the prisoners, because the jail cells open, they had to run out the back door, follow me for three or four more minutes. He thought, oh, they, they have to be gone. They have to have run out the back door door if you praise him in difficulties you'll see the breakthrough the jailer's confused because he's seeing this breakthrough come to pass the jail cells are open paul and silas oh they must have just run out the door i'm 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 in trouble now and paul and silas stay in the cell god does a miracle i don't know i think i might have hightailed it out of there god does a miracle God ministers in a miraculous, miraculous way. And Paul just sits in the cell. And I love what Paul said. He says to the jailer, he says, if you think I'm leaving, I'm not going anywhere. You bring the magistrates back in here. You bring the court officials back in here. They're going to walk me out of the city. But not on when they're ready. I'm going to walk out when I'm ready. They stayed in the cell. That's my last thought. They stayed. They stayed. And Dad, so have you. Dad, you're the longest serving pastor in Genesee County. You didn't leave for personal benefit, although it came. You didn't leave for a better deal, although it came. Paul said the prison was never my problem. It was an opportunity that God gave me. Now, here's some theology for you, and I want you to remember this because I want you to go research it. Paul's in the cell. Paul says, I'm not leaving, I'm not going anywhere. Paul stays, and the Bible says that he got the whole city saved. Until the city got saved, yeah, I'm not leaving here. I'm not done. My work's not done here. Just because I got beat. And I got misused and I, I got some stripes. You want to see the stripes? I got them, I'll show them to you. They're right here, but I'm not leaving you. I'm not done doing what the Father sent me here to do. He he stays. Follow me on this. The Bible says that the church of Philippi was established right in that moment. Holy smokes. Because he stayed. He didn't run out the back door, oh, it's too hard, I'm out of here. If one thing my dad has taught, he said this all the time when we were kids, get to work. Quit your whining. Quit your belly. Get to work. And Paul says that, I I got more work to do, and and he stays. God will so vindicate you, receive this. That what the enemy meant to hurt you and harm you and your family and what he sent to hurt your kids and what he sent to offend you and what he said to harden you, God will so vindicate you if you continue to do his work that they'll have no choice but to say, God sent him." God took what the enemy meant for evil he turned it for good. I'm done with this. My title was this. We're all here. You should be asking yourself, what's that have to do with what you just preached? This is what it has to do. This is the word from the Lord that I heard. Six uh, uh, Acts 16.28 says, But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. I'm still here. The title, We Are All Still Here, is because... My dad's been telling people for 35 years, I got your back. I'm here for you. If you need something, call me, text me. My dad would be on the phone at midnight. He'd be on the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning talking to people off the all kinds of ledges, let me tell you. I'm here for you. I got your back. If you need something, call me. And this is what the Holy Spirit sent me here with this morning. The Lord told me to tell you, Dad, we're here for you this time. We're here because we're here because you trusted God. We're here because you've made tough decisions. We're here because you endured the sowing and the suffering. And lastly, we're here because you trusted God. God, and we want to say today, we appreciate you. We appreciate you today. We're all here, and we appreciate you. If you say we're all here, give the Lord a praise this morning. Thank you for showing us that he that began a good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul stayed and preached till everyone in the city got saved. And then he left when he felt like leaving. There are people in this place this morning, you're in a prison. You're in a prison emotionally. You're in a prison relationally. You're in a prison intellectually. Stay. Stay. There are people in this place considering leaving a marriage. Stay. Considering leaving friendships. Stay. Considering leaving a fellowship. Stay. It wasn't sent to hurt you. It was sent to help you. Pastor Marty, you're a 100 watt bulb. 100 watt, probably 103 if you ask my mother. And you might be here today and you might say, man, I'm just not like Pastor Marty. I'm like a 5 watt bulb, I'm like a 15 watt bulb. Mom says he's a 500-watt bulb. You better get your wallet out after service. You might say, I'm, I'm just a 50-watt bulb. I can't do all that. I can't accomplish all that. Where, where does it leave me? Let me tell you today. The Bible says in the end times, it'll get darker and darker and darker. How many of you know a 5-watt bulb you want to run to it when it gets real dark. How many of you know that you want to run to a 20-watt bulb when it gets real dark? I believe with all my heart that if you use the bulb that God gave you to use, just use it. Don't set it on a shelf and run off to the hill. Just use the light that God has given you to use. We can make an impact not only in this city, but I prophesy we will make a difference in this county in Jesus' name. If that's your prayer, lift your hand to the Lord right now. You said, I got off course. I set the bulb on the shelf. I set the bulb in the corner. Lift your hand in the house of the Lord. I pray that every bulb in this place, I pray that every light in this house, I pray that every person within the sound of my voice, in Jesus' name, we rebuild. Evil spirits. We rebuke in Jesus' name a spirit that would run people scared and fearful. Father, in Jesus' name, we set the Holy Spirit on people to do the work of the ministry. And I pray this place would be a place that people say, Jesus did it and it pays to serve Him. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you so much. Some of you, you helped me preach this morning. That young lady in the back there, you helped me preach this morning. Thanks for for preaching me forward this morning. God bless you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. And God bless you. Have a great week.